Beyond Beyond Synth Radio. That's what this is. Coming up, Andy Last interviews the best artists in Synthwave. Beyond Synth is next. Welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth. I'm Andy Last. I host the show. And today we are going to be chatting with all the damn vampires. And we're going to go to that in just a second. I just have to say, I know we haven't done any of the uh, commercial breaks in a little while. And that's where I was throwing the Patreon thank yous. And I got to hire that guy again to read all your names in a cool, deep voice. But... In the meantime, I would just like to say a big thank you to all the people who support Beyond Synth on Patreon and on PayPal. That's patreon.com slash beyondsynth. And I would like to say that Electromechanic has upgraded his support. Electromechanic is a cool guy, and I want to thank you for being cool and continuing to be cool. So since we haven't done it in a while, I just want to do a quick thank you to some of the very special patrons. We're talking about Mike Shima, Timothy Carlton. Can I call you Timothy? You know, my computer says Timothy now. Then, of course, there's Mike Erdahl, Johnny Five, Hugh Hefner, Ken Giroux, Forged in Neon, Randy, Restless Nights, A Star Apart, Honeybeard, Rachel Buchelman, Sarah Buchelman, Alex Seligson, Brandon Decker, your friendly neighborhood raccoon, Petey, Bob Newmark of the Cargo Cult Luau, Neverman, Hampus ML, Dinner Dog, Willow, Joshua Winter, and, of course, we'll never forget the immortal Chris Salaya Lane. It's been a while since I've read the names like that. It's weird. I feel weird. Anyways, thank you all for supporting the show. So let's listen to an All the Damn Vampires track and then when the track is done, I will be in conversation with All the Damn Vampires. So I would like to listen to one of the tracks from the album Retro Future Soundscape. This is Rainfall on Holograms by All the Damn Vampires.
right, well, I am here right now with all the damn vampires, a.k.a. Davey. Is that correct? That is correct. Hello. How's it going? It's going all right, man. What's going on with you? Just taking some much needed downtime. I've been playing a bunch of these shows uh, with Metallica over the last few months. And so the travel schedule has been insane. And I'm pretty jet lagged, but I'm happy to be home for a little bit. What? What do you mean, Metallica? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just to be clear, and so the audience is aware of this, I never do any research. All I do is I listen to the music. So I go through someone's band camp or whatever, and I listen to all their songs, and I pick the ones I want to play throughout the show. And then in this particular instance, I also um, saw that your name is Davey. <laughs> and that was the extent of my research. So what's this Metallica business? Well, uh, right now, my, my day job, quote unquote, is... Is I, I do the uh, backing vocals and keyboards for a band called Five Finger Death Punch. Five Finger Death Punch? Yeah. It's like fast and loud, right? Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> 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 like you're part of the live thing? Yeah, exactly. I'm part of the live band. I don't really know too much about Five Finger Death Punch other than I know people, I've got lots of friends who, who like it. Is that a, like a full band or is that like a guy and then he assembles like live crew for the show? Like I literally know nothing. Yeah, so they have a full band of five. If you look at the promo images and stuff, like those are the guys. They have had rotating members throughout the years, but for the most part, yeah, it is just that core band. And then live, I'm doing the harmonies with the vocalist and playing a little bit of keys, doing some production stuff. And basically I joined them because I used to play in a band called Korn and I was the keyboard player live for Korn. Wait, what? Yeah, I played, <laughs> played for them. <laughs> Should I do more research? Is that my problem? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't mind. It's fun to go over for sure. Okay, so what was your function in Corn? This was another live show thing? Yeah, I was their live keyboard player for five or six years, give or take. And because I stopped working with them due to the pandemic, the Five Finger guys approached me and asked if I could do what I did for them in Five Finger. And then that actually ended up becoming more vocal intensive. So I, I have a singing background as well. Yeah, so I do a lot of singing and we just so happen to be on this pretty cool package with Metallica and Ice Nine Kills right now. So we've just been doing shows all over the place. Wait, so this is fucking wild, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's my crazy. that's my day job when I'm not doing all the damn vampires. <laughs> Wait, so how did you start doing the live keyboards with Korn? I was playing guitar in a lot of death metal bands and touring with different bands. I was out with a band called Avenged Sevenfold. Dude, I have a buddy in his car. You are listing all the bands that <laughs> my good buddy would always play when he was driving. And and it was so loud, but his car stereo had a lot of treble. And I remember it like oh. it hurt my ears a bit because he turned it up like really loud and it was very trebly. Yeah. Literally every single thing you're saying is like, hey, my buddy listens to that fucking stuff. And like, anyway, go on. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's just a crazy journey. Like I've, I've always been involved with like touring music. I played guitar mostly in a lot of metal bands, but being out with Avenged, I met the Korn guys and we connected a couple of the guys in the band and myself had the same faith. So we connected on that particularly and just became really good friends and because of that at some point they needed a keyboard player and the keyboards in that band are basically like a combo of guitar and bass sub live so like it's covering everything so they're doing like effects fieldy slapping you still have the sub you still have some of the grain and the thickness that most bands would use like backing tracks for 
So it worked out really well. Yeah, just by default, ended up being with them for a very long time. And somehow I keep getting asked to <laughs> do keyboard related things live. So I'm always just sitting up there on stage looking at the guitar players, like envying the fact that they're playing guitar on stage because I do miss that a lot. That was That's my main instrument. I'm going to disappoint any listener, anyone who's out there right now who is a fan of Avenged Sevenfold <laughs> and fucking Corn and Five Finger Death Punch because I'm so ignorant to that whole scene. Like I basically know it because my buddy played it in his car <laughs> really loud. So I can't, I have no relevant questions to ask. <laughs> it's like, someone's going to be mad at me. They're going to be like, oh, you didn't even ask about fucking Steve or whatever the lead guy is. <laughs> and it's I like, wish there was a Steve. And <laughs> could have at least asked about fucking Steve. <laughs> I don't want anyone to be mad at me. So you're doing a tour with Metallica right now. So tell me a fun thing about Metallica so people listening aren't, aren't going to be mad. Because the rest of this conversation is going to be about <laughs> Synthwave, so... Yeah, well, actually, okay, I can actually combine Synthwave with Metallica right now. So during my time with Korn, Fieldy couldn't do our tour in South America, so Robert Trujillo, who is Metallica's bass player, had his son, who was 12 at the time, but like a bass prodigy, come out to fill in for Fieldy and play bass. So Robert was with us, his son Ty, and we were going all over South America together. So we, we developed, you know, pretty cool, just talking throughout the years through text. And I remember somebody put up a, like an April Fool's article that looked re- realistic that Metallica was going to put out a Synthwave album. Oh, right. And I was so stoked when I saw that. I was like, what? I was like, because, you know, that's what I do. Like every time I talk with any of my musician friends or in the background of these metal shows, I'm talking about Synthwave or they're talking about how they got into Synthwave listening to my stuff or whatever, you know. So I texted Robert and I was like, hey man, I was like, is this true? If so, you got to check out my, my Synthwave stuff. And then he, he messaged me back. He's like, bro, I wish, but no, this is just a really good April Fool's joke. So that was a, kind of a, a funny moment, but I was happy that, you know, I could at least go straight to the source and ask him what's going on with that. <laughs> so yeah, that's my, my Metallica story. <laughs> how long are these tours? Like how long are you out? Right now we've just been doing all fly dates. So they're mostly on the weekends we've been doing a few shows in between here and there like festivals and whatnot but for the most part yeah we'll we'll fly to like north carolina do a festival there get right back on the plane fly back to arizona we had a stadium show where the the cardinals play at their stadium and it got canceled the first weekend because james hatfield had covid i found out 30 minutes after my flight landed in arizona i got to my hotel that we weren't playing so we just had a weekend at the hotel and then we made it up the weekend after but that caused our travel schedule to be pretty insane so we started in new york we were doing shows in canada around that we played the sofi stadium in los angeles it was really cool for me because i was born and raised in la so it was cool to say i've played the sofi stadium and i've played the forum you know in los angeles both pretty legendary venues that not a lot of people could say they played you know so there's been some really cool moments this year and in the year surrounding this should I type in, like, fucking five-finger death punch trivia and so I can just ask you a question about it? <laughs> I'd probably fail. I didn't even know their music before they asked me to join. I had, like, two days to learn 14 songs. What? And get out there, so, yeah, it was it was pretty terrifying. How did you do that? I actually have a really good brain for, like, song structure, and if a song is written within that kind of classic pop formula... I memorize it really easily and thankfully they don't stray from that formula very much at all so everything just made sense and I did have like lyric cheat sheets on stage with me on my riser that only I could see so I relied on those pretty heavily for the first week and then everything just locked in from there but I still every now and then I'll I'll listen through the set before we go on stage just to make sure I'm not switching any words around or whatever but yeah it was pretty heavy I'd only just heard the name and I've seen them on other festivals and shows that we were playing 
So it was actually cool to meet them and actually get to know them, and they're all pretty decent dudes. So how many people are on stage then for the the Five Finger Death Punch show? There is a total of, let's see, we have the five, six, there's about seven. Our playback engineer is also on stage, and he does some of the screams with our singer at times (laughs) to, like, take over that. So, yeah. There's a lot going on. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. Well, look, we got to listen to some music now. So this has all been very fun talking about all this metal stuff. But uh, see, look at that. I even call it metal stuff like I'm an old man who like doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> but listen, you're here as all the damn vampires. And so we're going to dive in to some all the damn vampires now. We're going to go back in time a little bit. There's like this toy that came out. It was called like Mighty Maniacs. Oh, yeah. And it's like it looks like like an 80s toy line, except you can like take apart the figures and reassemble them like because their arms can like click out and you can click them into different bodies and things <laughs> i'll explain this in much more detail later but you made a song called johnny's revenge which was like a theme for that or something you can explain it to me after am i even getting that correct yeah absolutely perfect you nailed it all right let's listen to that and then we'll keep chatting so this is uh johnny's revenge by all the damn vampires
was all the damn vampires with the track Johnny's Revenge. I'm here with all the damn vampires right now. Davey, is your last name Oberlin? Yeah, just like the music college. That's a cool last name. It sounds like Regal. Thank you. I, I picture like Oberlin being like a, it's like a position in the court, you know, like this is the high Oberlin and like the Oberlin comes in and he's <laughs> he's got like a staff with like a fucking ball and chain on the end or something. Oh yeah, just it's beaten ass like right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so what the hell was this? There's like some toy commercial, and that's what this music was used for. Is that correct? Yeah, so I actually have a really longtime friend, and he goes by the artist name Rocom. And we grew up together, like in the hardcore scene. And he is really talented at design work, and he came up with this awesome toy line. And he, to this day, he's still putting out new models, vinyl figures. He brings them to a lot of trade shows. But one thing he did with the Kickstarter for this, the campaign when he was doing the figure launch, was he had like a, a video game that went along with it and it was really cool like the the company that did it knocked it out of the park kind of had a contra vibe and so the main character is obviously johnny and so what i did was i just scored that game and that's what, why johnny's revenge kind of sounds like a video game song there's a little bit of a castlevania vibe in there and it's definitely intentional so yeah it's it's a little more of an obscure track and we weren't even going to put it out really on streaming services but we all liked the track so much we decided hey why not yeah that's that's why that one's up there and it was super fun to make and I, I'll probably do a little bit more like that, but maybe even more like chip tune at some point. I was thinking about doing an EP with more like video game inspired tracks. I'm a huge gamer. That's what I'm doing on my downtime most of the time is playing video games, getting inspired. I don't know how you can have downtime, man. If you got to like <laughs> memorize a whole set list in like two days or whatever, like that seems like that would melt my brain. Yeah, it, it is a little hard to get downtime. I think people think I'm over-exaggerating, but yeah, it's a pretty insane schedule, so I just try to do as much as I can. I, I keep my hands in a lot of different things, and I definitely could spend an additional hour talking about all the various projects I have, but I, I won't take this off of all the damn vampires too far. <laughs> hey man, it's all good. As I said, I don't have any questions, so this can, <laughs> this can go anywhere. What are, what are you playing right now? Are you playing anything good? Yeah, I'm kind of overloaded myself with like all these new releases, so I, I got Baldur's Gate 3, I was playing Remnant 2, I just got Starfield, because I I also have an Xbox along with the PlayStation. And then I also just got a new Nintendo Switch with the new Zelda game that came out. So I have all these games and yeah, I get to play them for little spurts of like 30 minutes here and there, but I get a lot of inspiration from them. I always walk away wanting to like write music or do more art. So, you know, it's useful and it's a tax write-off for me because it's like research and development, you know, so <laughs> I'm just <laughs> racking up all these games. <laughs> I think someone told me I could uh, write off my music purchases right but like because i technically buy lots of music for work although i don't actually do my own taxes so i don't know if that works because <laughs> right. I, I i do pay someone to do that because i'm just horrible with numbers and forms like it really oh same it like steals my soul in like a cartoonish way like if you throw a form in front of me it could have like one question and i just fucking shut down like i just can't yeah. do it oh thank you I i'm exactly the same way even when i know the answers and like right now we're getting fucking uh, well not audited but like we claimed a small expense we moved recently and then my tax guy was like oh you can claim the moving expense you know i'm like okay well we got the u-haul receipt or whatever and now like the fucking <laughs> stupid government is like making us explain that expense. Wow. And it was like literally like 800 Canadian dollars, which means that even if that write-off goes away, then we're probably going to owe like $70 or something to the government. You know what I mean? Like it's such a waste. Yeah. But you have to fucking refill this form again. And then my my accountant's just laughing like, yeah, I just moved too and I claimed fucking 30000 and then he doesn't get dinged. But then we get dinged for like fucking 800 bucks. Like it's so stupid. That's crazy. And now I got to fill out a form and, it, and the form is literally just repeating 
the information that was in our other form. <laughs> I'm just looking at the screen like, fuck you. I'm so mad at the government. <laughs> it's like, fuck you guys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I'm glad that we, we have that in common with our government, though. Like, just the <laughs> and then I'm trying to squeeze out whatever they can. Like, I, I got robbed in uh, Bakersfield 2018 or 19. Some guys followed us from the corn practice space and stole my duffel bag out of the car while we were away. And it, there was a computer in there that had like just priceless amounts of work on there, you know, and stuff that I had backed up and couldn't back up as well. So long story short, I, I went crazy. I used that Find My iPhone app and went after the dudes and got them caught. The cops came. They got arrested in due time and they got ordered by the court to pay me a, a pretty uh, large amount of money. They haven't paid me a dime since. There's no way to get them to pay me it. And so I went ahead and filed some extra paperwork that's like this victim's compensation thing where they, they go through and they help you get what's owed to you. Mm. So I, I get a phone call from their offices and they're talking to me. And I quickly realized after a little bit that this guy's asking me why I robbed somebody and if I was a, a registered sex offender. And I was like, wait, what? It's <laughs> like, I filled out this paperwork because I'm the victim. I was like, what are you, what's happening? <laughs> what, 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 is, what sort of paperwork, <laughs> like, how do you get it confused where it's like, oh, you sent us the fucking, I am a criminal form. Yeah. Like, why would that even exist? Like, <laughs> Exactly. So that's what we're dealing with over here. <laughs> it's horrible. Like, there's so many other fish to go after in terms, especially like for my particular problem, maybe like the tax stuff. All these people like, you know, spending lots of money with all these extravagant expenses. And then like, we get dinged because it's just like, uh, are you sure? you claimed fucking $50 in cell phone charges. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, even if this expense goes away, I will owe you $2. Like, the wage that that employee is being paid to phone me is worth more than what the government is going to get from me. Yeah, exactly. I got audited one year. I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't make a lot of money, okay? I'm, I'm one of those people who's always sort of lived below my means and I've just been very lucky. One year I made like nothing. It was just a bad year because I was always doing freelance work, video editing and stuff like that. And my wife always has like a proper job. She's a responsible person. And so I'm the sort of like the goof on the side who's like, hey, maybe I can make a living fucking doing video editing. And then I make like fucking five <laughs> grand and like she makes a proper wage. So one year I made 10 grand, which is nothing. Again, I've got friends who work in the oil field who will come back and be like, oh, I made fucking 250,000 this year. And I'm like, buddy, I don't know if they're saying it to impress me, but like, hey, man, I made fucking 10. Like, so fucking what are you talking about? Give me your money. <laughs> what happens is the more money people make, they just end up buying more stuff. So it's just like, so I bought an $80,000 truck. I'm like, okay, like that's more than I've made. And anyway, so the problem was I got audited the year I made nothing. Like for some reason, the computer dinged me because it seemed like an oddity. Mm. So some guy came to my house and spent an entire day going through my fucking receipts for that year and all this stuff. And I'm, wow. and at the end of it, it turned out it was some dumb thing where I couldn't claim my phone line as a business expense because it's not a cell phone. It was some stupid like niche rule where if you have a business, you have to actually be physically paying for a second line if you want to claim it as a business expense. Wow. And I, I, I thought, oh, if you have a home phone line and you use it for business, you just claim 25% of it or whatever, you know, and say, like, it's partly a business phone. Yeah. Anyway, so that didn't work. So I ended up owing the government 100 bucks, And that guy spent all day at my house, which means that his wage for that day was more than the government got from me and he traveled like two and a half hours from another place <laughs> to come spend the day doing the thing so he, he got fucking travel expenses anyway sorry it just it sometimes there's a 
you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just the logic. I mean, even with like the U.S. government, if you think about the budgets we have, and there's like a gross amount that's just missing and they account for that they like pad for that but then they'll go after somebody if their venmo has like more than 400 dollars on it or something yeah. you know or some transaction it's insane that you know what, what they're prioritizing it's like they're only prioritizing what serves them you know and, and, and yet they work for us so <laughs> but i love whenever it's just in giant numbers yeah and they they, they accounted for there was a missing fucking one billion dollars in whatever assets and they just move on and i'm like <laughs> exactly. wait a second a missing billion yeah hold on here like you could have told a small town none of you have to work ever again yeah like you could have this fucking utopia town with that fucking money like what are you doing <laughs> exactly anyway okay listen we, <laughs> we gotta get back on track let's listen to another song and then we'll recenter but again, the audience is gonna be so mad at me because it's my fault when we go on these tangents <laughs> they already get mad at me already all the time and now it's just like you got a guy who fucking plays with corn and you're talking about your taxes <laughs> so <laughs> let's uh, let's listen to this song you did have an EP that you put out, I think this was like in 2020, it was the All the Damn Vampires EP, and there was a track on there called Saturday, but then later on, there was a vocal version featuring someone called Michelle, who now goes by Mint Simon, and... I think what they added to the track was like quite a bit. Like it's a, it's a very sort of different thing, and like I, I really like the version that features Mitt. So let's listen to that, and then you can tell me about it, and then we'll keep talking, and we won't talk about taxes ever again. <laughs> awesome. All right, cool. So this is Saturday <laughs> by All the Damn Vampires featuring Mint Simon. <laughs> Thank you. 
And that was Saturday by All the Damn Vampires featuring Mint Simon. And I am here with All the Damn Vampires. Davey, we're talking about corn. We're talking about death punches. <laughs> what else are we talking about? Getting robbed in Bakersfield? Taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the story of this one then? Because you had that first EP and it was instrumental tracks. Then there was the, the version that Mint sung on. So what? how did you get, how did you meet them and how did that work? Yeah, so Saturday kind of was like the culmination of everything I was trying to put into this project, the overall feeling of it. So I was sitting down and I think I'd just gotten some new software and I heard some sounds I liked and shortly after that came the track, then the name and what I was thinking about. So Saturday just seemed to fit because I, I loved Saturdays as a kid because I could watch my cartoons and you know if I was lucky I might get to go to Toys R Us and pick out some toys or something. And then the weekend would be over and I'd have to go back to school and back to reality. So there was always kind of that that sadness that came with it. So uh, there's a little bit of that tinge of sadness in there. I heard a song called Restless Nights by Earthshifter and I absolutely loved the vocals on it, which was Mint. And so I, I reached out to that artist and I was like, hey, how do I get a hold of Mint? I, I want to ask Mint to sing on one of my songs. Reached out to Mint and essentially hired them to uh, write the top line for this track. And I just kind of gave the gist of what it was about, you know, a little bit of the topic and the overall feeling. And then when I finally got the music back, I was so blown away and so happy with it because there was that kind of sense of innocence. And then there was that that sadness too tucked in there, but it was, it was also very simple and accessible. So I was like, okay, this is the track. Like, I have something that I'm really proud of and that kind of defines all the damn vampires. Yeah, I just kind of kept rolling with it. And it's become such an iconic track for, you know, what I've been doing. And I've been growing as a producer. So I've actually released it three times. So I have, like, the instrumental. I have the demo version, essentially, which was on that EP. And then I also have the full-length version, which is on my uh, Synth City full-length that was put out with new Retrowave records. So did you turn into a bear and have sex with somebody in Baldur's Gate yet or what? Not yet. I'm working on it. I just talked to a rat last night and found out that it had a toothache. And <laughs> I mean, the stuff you can do in it is insane. I didn't even know when I was creating my character. I guess a lot of it comes from Dungeons and Dragons. And I never played that as a kid, but I, I did play Magic the Gathering, and I still do, which has a lot of that Dungeons and Dragons in there. So when I was creating my character, I didn't realize like what type of things would happen because of that. So now I picked Druid and, and something else. And now when I go up to animals, I have like extra options to talk to them. And if I change characters, then those options are totally different. So I'm actually really blown away. The game is so detailed and I can see why like everybody's been reviewing it so highly. The only thing that puts me off a bit is I'm not a fan of turn-based combat. Yeah, I feel you on that. Because everything I've seen from the game, because I love that whole talking to animals thing. I've watched videos of people talking to the cats and the dogs and I like their personalities. And I think that's fun. And of course, having sex uh, with a bear is great but <laughs> it's just it's the turn-based stuff i like playing like the bethesda games and even though people will complain about how like the combat's really stiff or whatever but i still just prefer pressing x and swinging a sword the one compromise would be the the super mario rpgs oh yeah you know it's turn-based but then you press your button at the right time and you get like an extra power hit or whatever like i love yeah. that i always played the final fantasy games growing up so like i'm definitely accustomed to turn-based the thing that throws me off with Baldur's Gate is that you can be vulnerable. Like, you still have to position yourself in the fight. I played the Divinity games, and I guess this, the same people made this one, so I see the similarities. I sucked at Divinity, and I got really frustrated and gave up pretty quick. But with uh, Baldur's Gate, I don't know, I'm having a little bit more fun because... 
it seems like it's a little bit more balanced and even though it's turn-based like the stuff you could do is crazy like so i was on with a bunch of buddies we were all playing the four of us together same game i turned into a spider and i spit webs all over the entryway where these dudes were like pushing us from and because of that when one of my buddies cast a fire spell it lit the cobwebs on fire and it was burning all the enemies inside the cobwebs and it was such a cool little detail mm -hmm. that that's what really sold me on it was like okay i'm in this is really cool like what other game has that attention to detail so it gives you a chance to think about these things like oh i'm gonna shoot this rock down from the top of the cave and it will kill something it lands on so on and so forth there's a lot of like awesome little moments like that so i think for turn-based combat as far as that goes, I think they did this one better than a lot of them do. You know, video games are slightly different than movies, you know, because sometimes a movie can be reviewed highly, but you're just like, that's not my thing, or I'm not feeling the vibe of it. But like, usually when a game gets like universally praised, it's also good on a technical level. Yeah. A game can't be universally praised if it's like, it's got a great story, but the gameplay sucks or whatever. Right. And so like, when I see all that, I'm like, okay, well, there's got to be a reason why everyone's reviewing it so highly. So maybe I will like it, you know, if I get used, because it's seems like the world seems so detailed and and maybe that will overpower my turn-based phobia honestly if you're just a fan of like video games in general storytelling this game is undeniably better than most of them if you jump in there just experience all the different things that'll happen my buddy steve came in see we, we were talking about steve earlier oh, there's a steve yeah. now we finally get a fucking What's steve up? story this is great <laughs> There is a Steve. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve is awesome. He's really dry and just very, like, calm. You have to make a new character every time you join someone's game. So he made this character, and he comes into my game, and all of a sudden there's just a totally butt-naked chick just running around, and it's Steve. <laughs> so, like, I'm in the cutscene, and I'm, like, having a conversation with an NPC trying to figure something out. And I just see this, <laughs> sneak, he's in the sneaking pose, so he's just <laughs> crouch walking around, and there's, there's this butt-naked Steve just walking around in the background of my cutscene, and I was like, this game is, is limitless. You know? Wait, 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 you can be naked in it? <laughs> yeah, you actually, you actually have to pick your genitals when you uh, create your character. Yeah, I remember I picked my dink in Cyberpunk, that was an option. Yeah, it's very much like that. It's super detailed, so and you have the option to just be like that all the time. That's funny. See, I never know what to do because usually in games, I always try to make me right. Like that's usually what I'll try and do. But I'm like, do I really want to be running around with some player with like a small dink? So like that's the one thing that I will lie about. Or I'm like, okay, man, I'll make my guy, but he's gonna have a big old fat dink. All right, come on, this is a fantasy game here. Like, because in uh, in Starfield, you're not allowed to. There's no making your dink. No. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten too deep in the in Starfield. I've, I've kind of been a player though. Like between the different NPCs that you're involved with, you always have, eventually after you start building a good reputation with them, you get like a flirt option. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing it almost every time. Sometimes with the other girl that I've been flirting with, like right there. So <laughs> just playing the field <laughs> in Starfield. <laughs> I don't know if I'm just like a little boy at heart when I play games, but I never do romance in games at all. Ah. Even a game like Mass Effect, where there's certain characters like Liara, for example, the blue alien lady who literally is like, you can't fail with her. <laughs> yeah. She's there like, she was like, hi there and you press X and you're just in like a sex cutscene with her like whereas all the other girls like you gotta fucking do all this stuff and you say the wrong thing and you fuck it up and I realized I played through the whole Mass Effect trilogy like when they re-released it with the better graphics Yeah, I played through the whole thing and then realized right in the third game almost going into the final situation that I'm like 
Oh, I never did any of the romance options. I'm just there like, I'm going on a space mission. And uh, I just want to get into laser battles and stuff. And like, I just (laughs) don't, I don't do any of that. And then for some people, it's like such a big part of their experience. And so I just find it interesting that like, I'm just, I'm more in it for like the spaceships and the laser guns. Like I'm just a little kid. Like I don't even notice. There's this ladies in the corner like, hey, you know, whatever, man, I'm talking to this alien, you know? Yeah, I don't don't think I was ever really drawn to those types of things either. Like in older games that I would play where that was something. Thing. Mm. Now I'm like, I want to fully immerse myself into this game and just kind of forget about my crazy schedule or whatever's stressing me out. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. okay, what's what's my entire existence in this? And like, how detailed can it be? And, and so all those little romance options are actually fun now for me because it's just an, an extra layer to the onion. So yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Been, I've been actually like delving into that, whereas in the past I would have just ignored it or it'd be something funny like Red Dead. We'd like have someone fall in love with us and then tire to the train tracks or something. And yeah. I don't want to necessarily give away the day that we're recording this, but let's just say Mortal Kombat 1 just became available to play, and I'm I'm currently playing the story mode right now. Oh, no way. Yeah, because if you pre-order it, this is a gift I bought myself. I just paid way too much money for this game. Yeah. <laughs> if you buy the premium version, you're allowed to play it a week early. So like, that, Oh, so I, yes. I got to get on it. I, I pre-ordered it, so that's great news. Well, no, <laughs> did you pre-order the premium edition? I think so, yeah, so I can get the uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme skin. Okay, then you can go play it right now yes awesome we might you might as well go and hit the download button like just to do the the preload or whatever oh yeah so I'm a, I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. I'm not necessarily a fighting game fan. I'm just a Mortal Kombat fan. Like, I've always just loved the story of that game, and so I always buy them right when they come out and play through the, the cinematic story mode. Yeah. And, of course, this Mortal Kombat game, they've, like, changed the timeline. Right. And so everyone's got, like, different stories. I'm about, like, say, maybe, like, two hours into it. Is it awesome? It's good so far. Okay, great. I can't wait. My issue is, like, I'm a big fan of the ninjas, and in this one, yes. they're sort of reintroduced as kind of, like, good guys, and they don't have hoods on. Oh. So they have, like, kind of ponytails with their mask. And so I'm just hoping to Christ that there is going to be a costume option where I can put them back in their traditional ninja suits. I'm so glad you said that. I was thinking the exact same thing because I remember when Mortal Kombat 3 came out, I was so mad that they messed up Sub-Zero. And then I think they realized it and did the classic version. If I could ask... Ed Boon, any question? I have to ask it in the most respectful way, because I have to be like, listen, man, I'm a fan. Believe me, I bought all the games. You got lots of money from me. What was up with the character designs in Mortal Kombat 3? Because something happened. Something must have happened behind the scene, because I, I still like Mortal Kombat 3, but the characters were weird in that one. Yeah. They killed Johnny Cage. Scorpion wasn't even in it, like, not until the Ultimate version. And then Sub-Zero was just, like, this dork with, like, fucking spandex tights. Yeah. And with, like, like the stupid line on his face and then Shang Tsung looked like a goof and Striker was in the game and like there's just all these things where you're like what were you guys thinking like what was this it was bizarre listen we gotta (laughs) we can talk about this more but we gotta listen to some more music so I want to move ahead. You did this uh, EP with uh, Yota, which is a fun little thing. It's like a four-track EP, but they're all good songs. So I would personally like to listen to the track Tame You. Yeah. So this is All the Damn Vampires and Yota with Tame You.
that was Tame You by All the Damn Vampires and Yota, and I'm here right now with All the Damn Vampires. Davey, we're talking about video games. Maybe we should talk about this little EP you made with Yota, and then we can get, <laughs> then we can talk about Mortal Kombat after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, you could talk and go on forever about mm. any video game, but Mortal Kombat's is specifically a close one to my heart but no so the yoda ep i kind of have this habit of if i like an artist and i want to collaborate with them i just reach out and sometimes i get lucky and that's kind of what happened with yota like i do a lot of the uh, spotify recommended radio so i'll pick a song like a time cop 1983 or fm 84 song i like and i'll make a radio station around it and then that's how i find a lot of new synth wave and artists and stuff that i wasn't aware of or songs and yota stuff started coming up and I was like, oh, man, such, such a cool voice. It's just really unique. So, yeah, I, I think this was like right at the start of the pandemic. So I was doing all these hikes and stuff and just getting out by the beach. And I was listening to all this music and I was voice messaging with Yoda about how we could collaborate. And we both realized like we're big fans of Typo Negative and, you know, a lot of like 80s metal stuff as well. So there was like a, a way darker theme to that EP. And it's easier for me to write darker, like almost, dare I say, goth stuff. Like that just comes more naturally to me because of my metal background. So. So that was a really fun one because up to that point, I think All the Damn Vampires was pretty poppy and bright. So we, we had a blast writing that and we've talked about doing more. We had a really cool placement with one of our tracks, Don't Stop the Rain in the new Terrifier 2 film. So I got to go to the theaters and watch the scene where they cut that track in. And there was actually a, a shooting at that theater later that night too, which was another experience. But yeah, so uh, Yoda, we, we, we have an awesome time collaborating together, especially because we can kind of reach into that darker thing. And she's also in France, so our time zones are totally different, but somehow we made it work. Here's a question. How come Yoda can't just privately send text messages? She always sends voice messages, like on Instagram, like whenever I talk to her. <laughs> And I'm yeah. like, why don't you just fucking I, write words like everybody else, man? All this fucking voice message <laughs> shit. That's more of a personal thing. <laughs> I feel like Yoda's always out and about or doing something with a bunch of people. So I feel like whenever you do get those messages, it's like her like multitasking or on her way to something else. Yeah. So <laughs> I kind of envy like people in Europe because they're, they're always like, yes, I'll be back. I'm going on holiday in a week. And like they're always taking these like little chunks of yeah, yeah. like quote unquote holiday, aka vacation. I'm like, I've never been able to do that my whole life. Like <laughs> I've been all over the world playing in front of millions of people, but I'm out there because I'm working and if I get a couple days off to enjoy it you know that's awesome but I've never really just taken a, a holiday or vacation but I feel like in Europe it's like part of the DNA out there to just do that from time to time like easily and frequently so they do have a there's a lot of vacation time and then it's also just a very sort of cosmopolitan lifestyle you know it's always just like oh we're going out for drinks and we're having wine and cheese in a fucking cafe or whatever and <laughs> And I'm always just like, what? Is, like, what am I doing? I'm like, I'm sitting in a chair playing fucking Skyrim. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, trying to have sex with a bear. <laughs> 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 All right, Mortal Kombat rankings. Can you do it? Okay. Uh, what are we going up to? Are you going to like top five? But yeah, let's do a top five. I think I know what mine is, but I'm, I don't know. Am I older than you? I'm 41. I'm almost 40. I'm not 40 yet. Okay. So we're similar enough. Okay. So, I mean, the point is, did you start with Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Some people are young and they started in like the GameCube era. And so they, their rankings are all wacky. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, I, I actually would walk down to 7-Eleven with my cousin so we could play Mortal Kombat. So I'm definitely of the era. Like okay. it blew my mind the first time I ever saw it. So I would have to say, okay, if, if five is like the lowest, 
I would probably say Mortal Kombat 3 would be at 5 because I do like 3. I like the combo system. I love the music. A lot of the levels and the stage fatalities were cool. They brought the, the cyber ninjas in. So that's up there at 5. I'd say 4 was probably Mortal Kombat 11. I thought it was fantastic, but it just felt a little uh, cartoony at times. They started getting a little wild. Mm. At 3, I would go with 10 because they brought in like the x-ray fatalities it was 10 right not nine that introduced the x-rays nine is the was the reboot okay so yeah once they brought in the x-rays and the real polished graphics i was like okay this is this is cool this is the new generation it feels right in the second place i would say mortal kombat 2 because i i just loved baraka i loved the sound design there's just that really iconic shape to the blood at that point and the the acid pit and the ceiling spikes i thought it was really cool but mm-hmm. number one just definitely has to be part one because like that game blew my mind if you could see my my school paperwork at that age mm. i was drawing scorpion and sub-zero all over everything <laughs> i still do yeah i made my own pit of spikes i mean that's the, my favorite design yeah when i do interviews all my margins like i have a little line piece of paper in front of me yeah and uh, i just draw scorpion <laughs> totally. it's the best i i love it like i would draw scorpion on everything i, I made a pit of spikes my yeah. own like homemade pit of spikes and i took like all my gi joes that had the little rubber bands in the center that snapped so i'd impale them because they were like half bodies and i put them on the spikes and sharpies and i made this little like fighting arena with my own pit and they also came out with mortal kombat gi joes at the time do you remember those they were like the same exact physical molds and models of the gi joes but just mortal kombat characters i still got them somewhere like in, in my garage i have a box with like all those old figures and i'm sure that some of them are valuable at this point but yeah I, I was obsessed with mortal kombat and the music so the part one has to be number one on my list because of just that point in time that it just woke me up to it. The reason why I love Mortal Kombat, it was always like the cinematic aspect of it where the old games, you really saw the influence of like the 80s movies. They were inspired, you know, like Big, Big Trouble, Trouble in Little China, China fucking uh, like Enter the Dragon, the American Ninja movies. Like it was very like that Western Hollywood sort of aesthetic. So it wasn't like necessarily inspired by like the Kung Fu movies that inspired the American ones. It was very much based on like the American ones. Yeah. And so it had this sort of vibe and the music had a particular vibe and I always loved the fact that they were real actors digitized and so I keep on waiting for the technology to get to the point where I just want a new Mortal Kombat where they simplify everything almost and just go for like super photorealism yeah make the game look like you're watching a fight that someone filmed on like an iPhone or something but like make it look real totally Maybe even tone down the violence, because, like, to be honest with you, I like that Mortal Kombat is gory and that you can kill someone at the end of a fight, but there was always sort of a silly campiness to the violence, that even when people took it so seriously at the time, where it was all, it was a big deal how violent it was, when you go back and play MK2, it's like Monty Python-style violence. Yeah. It's not offensive, and it's simple. Like, the fatalities are just fucking knock someone's head off, rip someone's arms off, and now I just feel like with every game, they keep on trying to, like, up the gore factor, and so now the fatalities are just like in a weird way I don't like them as much in the new games because the camera angle switches so all of a sudden it's like you're just watching a movie like it doesn't look like it's happening in the fighting frame yeah you said it in Mortal Kombat 11 the things 
I liked more was there was these like brutalities where if you did the right move at the end of the fight. Oh, yeah. And those to me were like, this is what the fatalities should be. That's been my opinion on the fatalities for the past little while. I feel like they're too much now. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it's like when you watch all these Marvel films and the entire world is constantly blowing up at all times, it just kind of desensitizes you. You no longer see this is like grand or anything. It's just kind of like, oh, wow, there's a bunch of computer generated imagery going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the old fatalities, like to this day, my favorite fatality is still just Sub-Zero's head rip. Mm. Like that that was my favorite and that did the trick and it was like shocking, but it was like, you know, still kind of cool. You know, those uh, brutalities like you were talking about, that was so awesome. Like I, all I wanted was to just do a simple uppercut and knock their head off. I don't watch a whole video of them like skinning the person alive and then hooking them up on chains like it seems like they're trying to overdo themselves or one-up themselves like every title yes yeah that definitely i 100 agree with you i think that they could do it so much better now if they just scaled it back i understand like everybody's doing their multiverse thing right now but if they were to take the first mortal Kombat and just throw it through the unreal engine even like that would be cool enough you know i would love to go back to those titles with updated systems but the same moves and all that that would be something really cool to see. I was actually talking about this. Andy James is the guitar player for Five Finger Death Punch and he's a huge Mortal Kombat fan and we were having this almost exact conversation about wanting him to go back to that kind of simplified formula (laughs) where it just had that magic. To me, what always set Mortal Kombat apart from the other games was they were all cartoons. Yes. And this one was real. Like, it was real actors. And so, some of the fatalities they do now, I wouldn't want to see them done to photorealistic. Because even now, the graphics are really good, but they still look like computer graphic characters, right? Like, they don't look real. They look very good and, like, high-quality CGI characters, but they still look like CGI characters. Yeah. I would love it to be photoreal, simple, go back to like the original characters and exactly what you just described <laughs> it's like and the music though the music as well yes because i i did a show with dan forden and he was talking about almost like the prog rock roots that he was inspired by when making the music and the the original mortal Kombat. they have a particular music style yes that he made that i really like and they sort of went away from that like i know whenever i boot up mortal Kombat 11 like the title music is like the background game of thrones score music like it just it doesn't have the same feel as the classic games with like the weird asian influence like karate movie done with electronic instruments and fat bass lines like the fucking bam 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 you know but then but then there were some pretty like fast-paced cool ones like remember the subway theme for mortal Kombat 3 was always one of my favorites oh that was a great one so good yeah and, and when you get up to the city above yeah well actually you know what speaking of music we should listen to some more and then we'll keep chatting <laughs> we keep on getting sidetracked well you mentioned it from uh, that terrifier movie the other track from the uh, the ep that you did with yota so let's listen to that song because i like that one too awesome it's called don't stop the rain by all the damn vampires and yota
that was All the Damn Vampires and Yota with the track Don't Stop the Rain. I'm here with All the Damn Vampires right now. Davey talking about Mortal Kombat. I didn't I never give you my top five, but I, to be honest with you, I've never really... I like asking other people questions that I haven't thought about myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think Mortal Kombat 2 is the top for me. And I say that because I also remember being blown away by Mortal Kombat 1. And I think Mortal Kombat 2, in the history of games, is one of those sequels that to me just was like they just topped it in every way and you very rarely get that it looked better it had more characters they had more finishing moves the sound like you know the sound of putting a quarter in in mortal kombat 2 oh yeah i just remember the arcade just that that echoey chime is like one of my favorite just like shing. i just remember thinking mortal kombat 2 was just so like it sounded so like beefy and like the characters felt bigger even though when you look at it now i think they're pretty much the same size and i remember seeing a friendship the first time made me laugh my head off fucking Luke kang when he does the disco <laughs> dance yeah. i just was just like it was so funny to me so i say mortal kombat 2 is probably my top that's the one i've played the most usually it's the one i always go back to if i'm playing on an arcade emulator like the first game i test is always mk2 like i still have all the moves memorized and then i think i go mk9 okay which was the the reboot mortal kombat 2011 because that to me is like the ultimate roster Right, I've, I what I loved about Mortal Kombat 11 was like because after those weird kind of 3D ones on like the PS2 era, and I remember I didn't quite like the character designs in those games, like they looked very cartoonish and like Deadly Alliance and Armageddon and those ones. And so I liked when Mortal Kombat 2011 came out. I loved like, oh, they're going back to like realistic character proportions, and then the the roster of characters was just all the classics. Like, that's just all that was. There was none of those new stupid characters they invented in the 3D era. Because <laughs> yeah. they invented some bad characters in that era. Like, Oh my gosh, me? Was it Bo Raichou? Yeah, Bo Raichou sucks. Fucking, who is the guy that looked like the village people? Oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. He sucked. <sighs> Fucking Cobra sucked. Fucking Darius sucked. I think Tanya sucked too. She was Mortal Kombat 4, wasn't she? Yeah. I think the, the awkward N64 3D yeah. one. Yeah, I put Mortal Kombat 4 at the bottom of the list. I think that's the worst one of all time. MK9, I just remember, like, all the character designs were also just, let's take the classic looks and just add a bit more detail to them so everyone looked cool. And even when they were trying to do redesigns on Ermac and Reptile, they still had variations that looked more like their classic costumes and stuff. And so that game just, like, that love letter to the fans of just, like, here is everything you liked about Mortal Kombat all in one game. And it's also new and fresh. Everyone looks the way you want them to look and they didn't do anything wild with any of the things and they tried to make some people cooler if they could you know they tried to make striker look a bit less dorky i mean yeah that's right it's hard to make that character cool but like and then i guess i go back to like the 2d ones like mk3 i think i put mk3 above one just because like it's faster gameplay but that being said i do play one more like whenever i'm testing arcade things again like when i'm on emulators i do like to play one yeah i still think one is like the purest in terms of the way the characters look like they look the most real in one whereas i think part two and three they start to do more kind of photoshop sort of touch-ups i agree yeah whereas like part one feels like it's just straight like we took the frames from the video put them in the game and that's the way it is you know and you can almost see like the video grain on the characters and so yeah that's all i have to say i like that list i i think it's totally respectable to put two at the top i i think i would put two at the top as well if i was just going from the standpoint of just 
the upgrade and how much cooler it got but i'm mostly thinking of those moments as a kid where it was the first thing i'd ever seen like it you know with that video i forgot there was a name for it how they captured the characters there's a few games that did it like the shooter games and stuff and the music in one just the use of those instruments and the menu select screen my whole life i've had the menu select screen for mortal kombat one music in my head yeah and it just comes <laughs> to me occasionally <laughs> that to me though is also the spirit of mortal kombat as well yeah i know a lot of people people it's the movie song yeah which fair like it's <laughs> that is a great song but to me that was always like that was the song from the movie the game had a different vibe yeah they, that song was never officially in any of the games was it no but do you remember <laughs> okay in the game deadly alliance there was like a music video in the game by this new metal band called edema huh I think I remember this. Was it Shinnok in the video or something? Like yes, because it showed footage from the game as they sang, and it was like, and the lyrics were like, "The leader of lost souls, you can't kill me." It's like it's so bad. Like the lyrics. I have a buddy who, when we always talk about Mortal Kombat, and we always quote that song to each other all the time, just like it's so bad. The stupid lyrics and the fact that the video was like just them. There was the band on a green screen, and then they just inserted them into like video games like the, the arenas and stuff it's like, yeah like goro's cave yeah, or whatever yeah. I, I love that so i back that like even when the docking did dream warriors for nightmare on elm street like mm. i think that's so great i i would i would go back to that area gladly like just really corny themes that were over the top but you know when it came out nobody was like making fun of it they're like yeah this is badass i wish that kind of vibe was still around so we could have more fun but now it's like everything's so like dissected and serious you can't you can't have fun with it but you got to be cool yeah 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 <laughs> although I, I still think i was a little too cynical even at the time when that stupid the when the mortal Kombat one was out just because it was cheap a bit yeah but i still watched it a whole bunch just because i love mortal Kombat. so i was like all right i'll watch this stupid video and now it's in my head for the rest of my life you're stuck with it now yeah yeah, it's yeah. rent free <laughs> the bottom line is i'm just hoping that scorpion gets his fucking hood because if he's a fucking ponytail this whole game because i always usually play a scorpion i want him to have his ninja cowl on me too i think they know it just as well as we do and at some point in the game we'll unlock alternate costumes where we're yeah. gonna get the the hoods or they'll come out later like they did that last time because like some of the games they've had some really weird redesigns <laughs> and then i would just wait till they release the classic pack where they just have that little just the this the yellow kind of padded fabric or whatever i'm like and that's what i would play yeah, at. that's what i want in mortal kombat 11 i paid for all the fucking dlc just so i could put all the characters in their prime proper costumes <laughs> <laughs> i'm the same way i would i would sit there for an hour just going through the cosmetics and like customizing them all to be aesthetically pleasing for me yeah <laughs> you know even when they did the uh justice league i think game where you could be like batman superman they had so many cosmetic options so i just went like crazy with it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but they give me like 80 alternate masks i still go back to the old one because like that's just anyway you should have fun though like it's a good game so far now they're into like the multiverse shit so it's even uh, more complicated now. It's great. <laughs> I'm definitely playing tonight. I probably started downloading, and that's like the best surprise of my day is that that would be available because <laughs> I was wondering, I'm like, what is this out? When am I actually going to play it? Because I'll, I'll pre-order stuff when I'm on the road, and I'll just totally forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back to my PlayStation, and I'll just see it pop up, and I'm like, yes, I forgot I did that. <laughs> see, this show is useful for something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, uh, it's also useful for listening to cool music. So let's listen to some more uh, All the Day. Damn vampires. Sounds good to me. 
So let's move ahead to Synth City, which you uh, put out on New Retrowave. Uh, this one had a few singles that you had released over the years, right? Yeah, exactly. There's a couple on there that had come out as singles. It was like a little slow trickle. And then this is just the culmination of a, an entire full length now with, with everything the best of and, and new. So, yeah. Sin City. Because this one featured a whole bunch of uh, Min Simon again featuring some tracks. We'll probably play one of those, but I want to play another one which was featuring someone called You Die. I don't know if I'm putting the emphasis on the right <laughs> parts there. No, you are. Okay. That's actually Marshall Gallagher from the band Teenage Wrist, and You Die is his side project. Okay, okay. So then, uh, well, let's listen to that, and then we'll uh, keep chatting. So this is A Strange World by All the Damn Vampires featuring You Die. Oh, 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 
that was Strange World by All the Damn Vampires featuring You Die. And I'm here right now with All the Damn Vampires. Davey, we've been talking about Mortal Kombat. Uh, maybe we can talk about music again. I'm always concerned that the audience is mad at me, so <laughs> whatever. If, you know, <laughs> if I look at the comment section of anything, I, I just assume people are just mad at everyone at all times. So <laughs> it's a safe assumption. So uh, originally, I was beginning to write the top line with Keith from the band Breaking Benjamin. So Keith and I were going through it and we wrote the top line and then we ran into some legal stuff with writers crediting and all that and it just became too complicated so I decided to move the track away and ended up doing it with Marshall who plays in one of my favorite grunge alternative bands, Teenage Wrist, and he's got his own little synth project called You Die. So yeah, we put that one together and it ended up coming out so cool. And it's a really unique track stacked up against all the other songs on the album. I think it's just got a really cool kind of Tears for Fears vibe. And I had a lot of fun with that one. So I'm super happy with it. Why why is Keith so complicated? And why is Marshall so simple to write a song with? Because of Keith's attachment to Breaking Benjamin. They're a bigger entity with a, you know, a bigger team. So anytime he puts his name on something, there's somebody else that he's contractually obligated to. And, you know, it just it ends up becoming more political than just an easy collaboration. So Right. Okay, okay, okay. It was such a bad time to have to deal with anything like that because I was in between tours and I was like, dude, I, I just got to get some music done. So it's like, we'll collaborate on something in the future. And then uh, releasing it with New Retrowave? Yeah. How'd that come about? That was actually really cool because New Retrowave to me was like the MTV of like synthwave and retrowave music. Like they were doing really good. Their YouTube channel was awesome. And I feel like people just look to them like whatever release they come out with, it's taken seriously in that space and people want to hear what they're doing. So it was kind of a goal of mine to release something with them and develop that relationship. I was put on their radar with the Saturday video so when we finished that new retro wave premiered it and we obviously put a lot into that one with the budget and whatnot so it was pretty satisfying to get it in front of you know over a million people so that kind of started the relationship and then when i had a full length ready because the guy that runs new retro wave he doesn't like to put out eps he likes full lengths and so i was like i don't have any eps coming up but i do have a full length i'm working on and i'd love to put it out so yeah he took really well to it and we, we put the release together and i do believe there are some vinyls that are going to be printed with that sin city album those, those will be on Bandcamp and on the new retrowave store so i'm hoping to do more with them I, I really like the platform and i do believe they picked up some of the other cool synthwave related youtube content that was coming out and added that to their brand as well so yeah i don't know i, I just really enjoy new retrowave's brand and what they're doing with youtube especially yeah i get it so well, look man what else is uh what else is going on in the life of Davy Oberlin? What are you up to this month? So I've got most of October's, so I'll be going to like Universal Horror Nights, doing a little Disneyland, doing a big Disneyland fan, and I've got a family member that's a part of Club 33 there, so we go and eat dinner at the Secret Club and do all their little secret events. Hey, hold on, Club 33? <laughs> what the hell is Club 33? So it's a members-only club at Disneyland where you pay a yearly due, and you have access to the Jazz Lounge at both 1901 which is uh inside of the california adventure park and that's a more of a the aesthetics a little more like old timey there's some old sketches on the wall that walt did every now and then his shadow kind of walks by on the the wall like a silhouette and they make incredible craft cocktails and then you go over to the main Disney park and you have Club 33, which is hidden behind Pirates of the Caribbean above the Blue Bayou and all that. And they have a, an amazing restaurant in there. 
and you, you get like a whole, you know, four course meal where they bring you, it takes about an hour or two to do the full dinner there. But then they also have a jazz lounge in the front of that that you can just stop in for drinks. I think it's one of the only places you can buy alcohol inside of Disneyland. California Adventure has alcohol, of course, but I don't think you can buy it anywhere else in Disneyland. And then you can get food there. The paintings all come to life. There's holograms above the bar that appear. The old jazz musicians are in a painting. Every now and then they disappear from the painting and their instruments are floating above the bar and their holograms are playing. <laughs> so it's just a really cool experience. Like if you're a big Disney fan, getting to see 33 is kind of sacred because you have to be invited or be a member to actually step foot inside of it. And they do their own merchandise and everything. So yeah, it's, it's fun. And then what they do for the members is they have private experiences. So the Haunted Mansion has the portrait hall where you see all the different weird portraits with, you know, the different people that have passed. And then you have this, the sculptures that follow you as you walk. So they locked that off for the 33 members, had a big dinner with the Imagineers, the people that are designing the art and the lore of the Haunted Mansion. And they gave them an opportunity to submit their own origin stories for like the Hatbox Ghost. And then they made them desserts that were the floating woman's head in the or uh, I think her name's Miss Leota. So they actually made an edible dessert that was that glowing head in this orb. <laughs> and so they, they go like above and beyond for the members and do all this really cool, crazy stuff. Why I, you think I would have heard about this? So it's like the Magic Castle. You got to be invited and then like you need to go with a... A member like is that sort of like the same kind of vibe yeah very much so it's totally like the magic castle do you know someone who can get into the magic castle yeah i actually go a couple times a year i'll go to the magic castle i have a few friends that are magicians there we also have another friend that's like a member <laughs> you sound like you got like a lot of fun over there i try going to all these fucking <laughs> secret places and touring with metallica and shit that seems like fun yeah i, I do have a, a pretty interesting life i think one day i'll, I'll put it onto into a book but i'll need somebody <laughs> that i can sit with that i can like they can remind me of these stories i have and then put them on the paper well i mean it seems pretty good here's what i do i wake up really groggy at about 8 a.m and then i have to drive my kids to school <laughs> and then i go back into the kitchen thinking ah now i can play games and then the kitchen there's just dishes just like stacked out of the fucking sink and it's like oh i gotta do dishes for the next hour and then and then i go looking for my cat because he's fucking gone off someplace and well, so you know, you know we all have the cool things that we do man you're at the fucking 33 <laughs> club and i'm uh cleaning all this oil out of this pan because i tried to make fucking fish and chips oh that's a tough thing to make at home yeah and it, it turned out okay but whenever you like deep fry something in your own house the whole kitchen just fucking smells like cooking oil and then all the dishes are covered in oil and it's like such a pain so today i was just fucking cleaning just all these fucking pots that were just full of oil and all for just the fish and chips the the satisfaction for that like 15 minutes that you're eating it and then you got to do like <laughs> two days worth of kitchen cleaning <laughs> you know the thing is it is true that like when you eat out fast food it is nice that it's just made for you but everything's so expensive now and when you have like kids and like a family even like fast food isn't like cheap anymore right because even if we like oh let's go to mcdonald's it still ends up being like fucking like 70 bucks because like everyone's got to eat yeah you know it's fine if it's just you because i love wendy's and if i just go for just me uh. then yeah it's like fucking like 14 bucks and i have like four burgers and like a drink and all this other stuff and but then the second the family's involved all of a sudden it's fucking six 
60 bucks and I'm still eating the same amount of burgers because <laughs> like I'm not eating their food. What am I saying this for? I guess it, I'm trying to justify that I made fish and chips at home. <laughs> well, honestly, I miss Wendy's. Like I used to love their spicy nuggets and uh, yes. they had this little like bacon cheeseburger. I think it was like a yes. buck or something. Yes, the junior bacon cheeseburger, man. It's the best. Yeah, that's it. So I actually like started de- developing like food allergies. I don't know, maybe like 12 years ago. Oh, I figured no. it out when I was in Europe. I was getting like really sick and my stomach was bloating. I found out I was I was really badly allergic to wheat. So hmm. that took like so many things out for me. Even like Del Taco, which I loved, even their meat has like wheat cut into it. So I couldn't have like just... <laughs> Del Taco, like hard shell tacos anymore. So I've had to dramatically change my diet and it's like a double-edged sword because on one hand, I'm, I'm way healthier. Yeah. On the other hand, I miss so many things. Like I can't just have like a regular burrito because I can't have the flour tortillas. So oh, dude. I try to find like ways around it. To actually expound on what you're saying about destroying your kitchen. I went through this phase where I was craving the Taco Bell bean and cheese burritos. So I found these like really good gluten-free tortillas, not like the crappy ones that fall apart or taste like almond or coconut. Like these were like pretty much legit. Whatever chemical they put in, it was amazing. But like, (laughs) and then I bought the Taco Bell refried beans and I bought their mild sauce and I got us all on like Amazon. And for like a week or two, I'm just making these giant Taco Bell bean and cheese burritos, like pretty authentic. And I was so proud of myself, but it was a mess every time, you know, it would take me like 20 minutes to get a single burrito, Yeah, but it was so worth it. Now that you're saying this, I'm starting to think I actually might have some kind of food allergies as well, because I've never been allergic to anything really in my life. But then lately I've noticed if I have like alcohol and like I had to cut out beer a while ago because like I just noticed like I drink like two and then I would start to just feel sick. Mm. Like not even buzzed or anything, like just my stomach, right? Yeah. And then lately, I seem to have like acid indigestion a lot. I feel like I didn't do anything weird, but then I go to lay down for bed and I'm just like, why the fuck do I? I'm like fucking chugging Pepto. Mm-hmm. And I bet you I have a fucking food allergy, God damn it! Oh, yeah. I don't want to cut out Junior Bacon Cheeseburgers. Dude, you know what's crazy for me? The realization of it started with beer. I would drink like a Blue Moon or something and I would get incredibly sick to my stomach and then i would have the worst acid indigestion and heartburn Mm. and that's because like blue moon is just like a high dose of wheat basically it's a wheat beer you know so that was how i started realizing i had a problem not not to mention like i was like a a fit guy but my stomach was bulging out dude you know and then like i would just get colds really easily and stuff like (laughs) oh no do i have a fucking food allergy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what do you do you go for a test like how do you figure it out there's a couple ways you can do it you can go do a test and those are pretty accurate from what i understand they'll just see if your body's reacting a certain way or you could just do something like a candida cleanse where it's basically a, an elimination diet and a gut reset you just completely reset yourself you just clean out you do this candida cleanse rebuild and then you start introducing these things that you suspect you might be sensitive to and you'll notice immediately like i did the cleanse and within two weeks i lost eight to twelve pounds Mm. and my stomach flattened out and then i I was just feeling amazing but my stomach would be growling at night and they call it candida cravings because your candida wants wheat it wants dairy it wants processed sugars so when that's out of there it's like it's dying it's starving so it, it was incredible like just immediate change And then at the end of it, I started introducing things again. So I had a a beer and after a couple sips and getting into my body, I started 
getting stomach cramps and my stomach felt like somebody was just grabbing it. And I was like, okay, I can cross that one off. It's definitely like gluten. And so anytime I'd accidentally eat gluten and I knew it, I would get sick. I would get like a rash on my face, but at least I knew for sure that that was the thing. And then the other thing was dairy. I started introducing that and then my skin just got really itchy, especially around my face. Mm. So yeah, I just was a process of elimination, but it was actually really easy to do. It just, you just have to be on a very boring diet for a couple <laughs> weeks while you while you do it. But uh, yeah, it changed my life. Because I do eat a lot of wheat. I like a lot of pastas. Beer, I had to stop drinking because it started making me sick. And now even my substitute is not working either because I switched to like gin and tonic and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I'm noticing now, like if I have some gin and tonics, like at nighttime, the acid indigestion is crazy. Mm. I'm like fucking chugging Pepto-Bismol because I have to because I literally can't sleep because like my throat is just, it just feels like fucking lava. Like it sucks. Yeah, and you want to deal with that because if you let that continue, you can actually get like throat cancer if it's happening for a long enough time but the bloating is what is telling me it probably is inflammation so you probably you probably do have a sensitivity to it or just straight up allergy me man (laughs) if i find out like everything i eat that's everything every meal has some sort of pasta element fucking bread burgers is my favorite food (laughs) well this is the the best time to be afflicted with this because there's so many good substitutes now like i can go to shake shack and get a cheeseburger and their gluten-free bun i would never know was not just a, a regular bun you could do rice noodles and you could do corn tortillas so there's a there's a lot of ways around i've learned to live with it I, i've been able to travel the world and eat this diet you know the absolute worst case scenario i end up just having like basically a mediterranean diet i'll just have some like chicken and rice and that's still pretty delicious you know if you put the right spices on it and stuff so it's not the end of the world but i do know a lot of people their diet is so full of of wheat and carbohydrates that like they can't imagine anything else and you know i've had my moments too people would bring donuts on set when i used i used to work on that show the voice what and they bring in all these like donuts to the set (laughs) yeah and i'd just be like drooling over these donuts i'm like let me just lick one real quick (laughs) dude i have a fucking donut every morning i have an old-fashioned plain donut with my tea which i get double double which is two creams two sugars which i just found out is like 500 calories or something because I never read the thing. <laughs> yeah. Listen, we got. Let's listen to another song. I want to go to uh, Retro Future Soundscape. Yeah. And you got a, a cool song here called Lords of Lo Fi, which I like a lot. And I want to listen to that one. Is that cool? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. This is Lords of Lo Fi by All the Damn Vampires. <laughs>
was All the Damn Vampires with the track Lords of Lo-Fi. And I'm here right now with All the Damn Vampires. Davey, who is making me feel like I have a food allergy. What else? <laughs> we talk about Candida cleanses. We're talking about Complicated Keith. Was a Teenage Wrist? Yeah. With Marshall? Is that his band? That's right. And Magic the Gathering? We didn't really talk about Magic the Gathering, but uh, you mentioned it. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been playing Magic just about since the game came out because of my cousin. My cousin was like this super like metalhead. He was really into fighting games at the arcade, Magic the Gathering. So he, anything he was into, I was into by default because I wanted to be able to hang with him. And Magic just has always stayed with me. I have a decent collection of hard-to-find cards, and I've played in some tournaments mm-hmm. in L.A. and Las Vegas, and sometimes I'll bring them with me on the road. Other guys in, in different bands will have their Magic cards, or, you know, you can stop at a store. So that's, like, one of my biggest, like, nerdiest hobbies. And I, I think it'll probably stay with me. I, I just love it. It's, like, my chest, so... I have fun with it. The art is awesome. It's inspired a lot of music I've written, especially the metal stuff, because magic is like super metal. It's funny how like many different UFC fighters and like guys in bigger metal bands, they're all like in something we have in common is magic. (laughs) (laughs) You know, even Post Malone, actually, he spent like $2 million on one of the magic cards that we were all trying to find. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that clip. That clip always pops up. There's always Mr. Beast, some girl who watches React, does like React videos, and she sucks, and then... (laughs) Those are the worst. That was the third one. It was just Post Malone and Joe Rogan, and just a fucking Post Malone. I bought a $2 million magic card. (laughs) Now I'm taking time out of this interview to talk about a thumbnail I saw. (laughs) (laughs) I get the same ones, because I have like at least one device that I don't log into YouTube on, so it has no algorithm for me. Yeah. And those are like the top recommendations. So I'm like, if there's anything I could get out of life, I want to learn how to get those spots. So like stuff like All the Damn Vampires, or if I do like a video or visualizer, I get those recommended spots outside of the algorithm because I think that that would be so valuable. They have to pay, right? They have to. Yeah. I get that Mr. Beast gets like a billion views, literally posts a video, and then it already has like a million, like within the first second or whatever. So I guess that counts for something. But then sometimes you'll get recommended something that doesn't really have that many views. And I'm like, why is this? Have you noticed that the YouTube algorithm fucking sucks now for searching? Yeah. It's pretty bad. You type in something, and the first two videos maybe relate to what you searched, and then the rest of them are just these fucking random things in the list and, like, ads and stuff? Yeah. It's it's gotten so bad. Like, I, we'll probably have a hard time finding similarities on this because the difference in Canada versus the U.S. with what you're allowed to have is... But I have a lot of guns. Mm. And I, I go on YouTube and I watch a lot of videos on, like, how to be safer, how to, you know, shoot more accurately... If I'm trying out a new optic or something, I want to watch videos on how to tune it. But because of that, the nature of that search, the variety of videos they're throwing at me are so wild. And it's like stuff I don't want to see, you know, like half of it's just obnoxious. You'll get like an entire page worth of like police shootout videos. And I'm just like, man, I just wanted to know how to like, how to clean my shotgun. I don't like. <laughs> oh, you like guns, do you? Did you like seeing fucking people getting blown away in front of Kmart? And like, no, like yeah. what? That's- that's exactly what's going on. They're just like, oh, like let, let's take you to the next level of degeneracy. I'm just like, that's Man. what pisses fucking fuck them. That it, that's the thing that makes me the most upset about the dumbass algorithm because there's no excuse for them not being able to just make the world a better place. Yeah. Because I always, you know, when I scroll through my Instagram, it's mostly ads and stuff now, anyways. But imagine if they just promoted art. Yeah. Even if you want to see horrible things, it's like, okay, fine. Like you searched for it, you we will give it to you. 
But yeah. by the way, here's a fucking cool movie trailer or here's a cool song or whatever, you know? Yeah, there's so good in the world. <laughs> like, I know I'm simple in some ways, right? Like, yeah, okay, if you show me fucking boobs, I'm going to look at them. <laughs> but it bugs me because it's so... It's like cheating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's just like when they go, you know they get you to stay on these on their channel if they show you things that are really salacious that like you'll get addicted to the platform. I'm like, yeah, but like showing me boobs is cheating. Like it's not even clever. It's not even like, oh, we, we used all your interests against you. It's like you're a guy. Of course I'm going to fucking look at boobs and bums and things. Like, yeah, like... Yeah. Here's- like I, I could be in a building that's burning down, and if that flashes on my screen, I'm going <laughs> to stop and, and look. I have to. It's like, it's just cheating. It's like when people say, oh, they got all this information on you, and they can give you these direct searches. I'm like, yeah, but you don't need any information on a guy. Because, like, yeah. you just fucking show a boob and, <laughs> We're like... We're simple. <laughs> yeah. It bothers me because I feel like, okay, well, if your algorithm can do that, you have the power to also do so much good and they don't it's just here's a horrible thing that we know you'll be mad about so you're gonna stay here it's like fuck you those are like the russian placed ones but like (laughs) (laughs) isn't your president so shitty i'm a real american you know it's just like like, (laughs) this thing that's been happening lately that I, I haven't been able to vent to anybody about yet, so this will be my platform. But I was, I've been opening my Instagram, and I've been getting these girls practically wearing nothing, doing these like TikTok videos where they do like a dance or they yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sing to something. And like I'm the type of person where if I'm not fully engrossed in a film, I'll start thinking about what what was the actor thinking when they had to do this part, and like what was the yeah yeah the yeah. camera guy trying not to laugh. So I'm watching this, and all I can think is, man, they're alone in their apartment, and it was dead silent and then they quietly lip sync to a dance and then it was silent afterwards and they stopped smiling. I'm like, this is so worthlessly terrible. So mad. Like, of course I'm going to look at that. I mean, I don't even know what the solution is, but what about just like, find me like the... Okay, this is horrible what I'm about to say, but like, find me the hottest lady scientist. Yeah. So then at least it's like, okay, well, you know you like pretty girls. What about one who is also really smart, who can like teach you something? Yeah. Instead of just fucking jiggling, going gang gang or whatever in front of you. Like, have someone like (laughs) actually doing something. Some substance. And this also happens to be pretty so that, it you know, it checks that box. Okay, you're a stupid guy. We know you're going to look at the pretty girl, but hey, this video is also useful. Yeah. But it's just, it's like they show you a pretty girl, but it's fucking dumb yeah it's like why did you create this how much of your day is spent just (laughs) quietly shamefully like pantomiming stuff into a camera you you must have seen those fucking the influencers in the wild i've seen it in person oh (laughs) yes i you know i grew up in los angeles and, and i still have to go back there but right now i'm a little bit closer to the beach Unfortunately, summertime, you look at the beach and you've got like all the influencers in the wild. And then you go up to LA for anything and you're just subjected to like the worst of the worst. It's like, I have a reason to be up there, you know, but I want to quickly turn around when I run into a lot of it because it's just, uh. Is it just a lot of like hot girls sitting at a restaurant table by herself with a phone pointed at her, like yeah. displaying her food and her cleavage? Oh, yeah. Or just these miserable boyfriends that are just sitting there being handed her phone over and over again to like film something. It's not bad enough to just like have him do it once. She has to get like just the right take. And there's no way this dude's ever going to nail that take. He barely cares, but like he's stuck. <laughs> I've been, I've been that guy. I've had the influencer girlfriend. <laughs>
So I, I totally understand. Stupid. Well, uh, listen, speaking of, uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to do like a segue here. I was going to say speaking of girls and diners, because you've got this song called Moments and Memories, and that's like the cover. Yeah. Was that AI generated? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to admit something a lot of people probably get pissed about because it's a polarized topic right now. But yeah, that's 70% AI, 30% me. So I'm an artist. I've drawn since I was a kid. I even worked on Powerpuff Girls and I have my own art line that sold out in the form of NFTs, which are totally just like dead now. But I use AI because it like helps me generate things that I can't do as well, like backgrounds and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. yeah, when it comes to single art now, and I, I love it, I'm fully embracing the AI thing and I think it's cool. And I always end up doing my own touch to it later. Even uh, my little EP Retro Future Soundscape, the story is me inputting sentences and then ChatGPT expounding upon my story and creating more. So I, I thought that was really cool because it's like a neo future thing. What I use a lot, which has been like one of the most useful tools in my life at this point is the the photoshop generative ai to like fill in pieces and like it works the way i've always wanted ai art to work yeah i can just take a picture of myself at my desk and then go put me in a tuxedo (laughs) change the window and do the stuff and it works so well that like i don't even really do photoshop the same like when i would come up with like stupid simple photoshops for like instagram and stuff yeah whereas like now it's so much easier to just be like put a cigar in my hand and then, you know, sometimes it gives me like a mutant hand. So I just keep generating until I get a good looking hand with a cigar in it. And I'm like, that looks better than if I fucking <laughs> cut out a picture of a cigar on Google and erased around my finger and then put it underneath and added an extra layer for the, the top finger. You know, like, hey, look, listen, let's listen to the song first. We'll talk about this after. This track is called Moments and Memories by All the Damn Vampires.
was all the damn vampires with moments and memories. I'm here with all the damn vampires right now. Davey, we're talking about AI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is actually our voices right now are being AI generated. Because I know whenever we talk about it now, it has to be prefaced because there's some people who are just so against it. It's, it's crazy. My brother is all in on the AI visual art. So like he's constantly sending me like weird generated videos and stuff. And they're all they're all weird, but cool. Yeah. If you use like those apps like Runway and other ones where you'll like make the guy run and it'll give you like a little four second thing. But the run will be like backwards and the foot will be like the guy will be running and it looks like he's also kind of morphing into the ground. Yeah. You get that uncanny valley. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of the stuff I see is cool. My only complaint is it doesn't necessarily excite me the same way as like real art, but I've seen a lot of really neat things like what if this was an 80s fucking sci-fi movie? Oh yeah. And there'll be a lot of really cool armor designs and things that the AI comes up with and I I look at it and go that's cool. I would like someone to use that as the template for real designs, for real costumes, for a movie or something. That's what I was thinking, too. I think ChatGPT is fucking awesome. The way that it can, like, spur creativity, the amount of time I've been blocked, and I just go, fucking ChatGPT, just start this for me. Start this form. I remember there's like, a letter I had to write to somebody, and it was more, of like, business-oriented, and I just cannot do that. And I'm just like, ChatGPT, let's just say someone emailed me about fucking advertising rates. Like, how would I respond? <laughs> <laughs> and then it just gives me a little letter. And even if I end up changing 90% of that letter, the fact that it got the fucking ball rolling is what makes it awesome. Oh, it's priceless. I'm all in on the AI. I think that it's going to be scary at first because people will lose work, but the right user mixed with the right AI is going to create some incredible things. And, you know, I've negotiated a contract with ChatGPT that, like, got me paid better, so <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have been able to do that without like, legal counsel, so I, I think it's fantastic. We're, we're at the verge of this new era, and there's so many cool ways. You know, like, getting art done for singles and stuff, like, that was an expensive process, especially for an independent artist without a budget. Like, the guys are asking a lot, and it takes time and you're waiting and now it can be like okay i did this track on my computer in my space i'm done let me get that single art done i've got the whole package done the night i finished the song you know it's mixed mastered so you know why wouldn't i want to do that and there was a video for my track with ryan rose who's singing on moments of memory there it's called breaking up and i did a completely ai generated video with these guys that are these brothers and they do pretty amazing work and the video was so cool it went with the track really well, and people were so stuck on the fact that it was AI. They were just sitting there like, oh, don't support AI. It's like, just watch the video. Listen to the music. Shut up. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, people are just a bit reactionary to it, like for sure. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I do feel less excitement for AI art. Just like, yeah. you know, I'm more wowed by, you know, a real stunt versus like a CGI person doing a stunt. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it doesn't look cool. Yeah. I just feel like there's no point in fighting it. Like these things, they can be really powerful mm -hmm. tools to help help artists and like any tool like you still need a creative mind to get the most out of it like so of course you know people on instagram and tiktok like saying you know turn me into an anime character like of course all that shit looks the same but those people aren't artists to begin with and so just because people will be able to generate their own movies doesn't mean those movies are going to be good like you're, you're still going to need a compelling story and and good writing you know yeah that's the difference totally you still need a creative director and i don't think ai has unlocked that part of itself yet nor will it ever fully get to a point where 
it, it fully understands this creative direction and like target audience without just being completely formulaic and, and vanilla. So I think it's always going to be really important that you have the right person guiding it, like the AI whisperer, you know? And yeah, when I see people using it for these really cool things like, oh, Star Wars, if it was a Quentin Tarantino film. Yeah. That stuff's awesome. And and I, I want to see more of that. And that's the kind of stuff I'm excited for. Because it, it, at some point, people will be able to make full length films with just like a, a simple application. And if they are the right type of creative person, we're going to see some of the coolest stuff we've ever seen. Because I, I think the way that mid-journey and stuff can really capture the look, like, you know, when you say like, make it like an 80s movie and then it really has the texture, like the way the lighting looks and stuff. I do find the people all almost look the same. Like all the men have these like, really strong jaws and like googly eyes and high cheekbones yeah. and stuff. Like I feel like there's, there's still this sort of weirdness where they all also feel like every person feels like they're based on a person. Right. Just enough so that it's confusing. Yeah. Where, where, like I'll look at the picture and be like, that looks so close to somebody. Yeah. I can <laughs> almost like, put my finger on it. You just made me think of something really interesting. I can't quote it verbatim, but some somebody was putting in these certain prompts into AI. Uh, I think Midjourney specifically, and then somebody else was doing something in a different one. Yeah, Dolly, and uh, basically they kept getting the same woman, and she kept showing up in these AI images. But not only was it the same woman, but she was really creepy. It was like she was like this ghost in the machine, you know, or like this boogeyman. <laughs> I was like, this is cool, man. Like, let's see where this goes. I would love to see a horror film, you know, with something mm. based of, along those parameters. But I thought it was so interesting because these, we, you have two different platforms and they're generating this woman over and over again in these, with these certain prompts. Like, what is it? What is she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really cool and creepy. I did notice that from all of the, the mid-journey ones I would see. The women, they always had kind of high cheekbones and kind of googly eyes. Like, not googly eyes, mm-hmm. but... But very these sort of prominent eyes where they would kind of be sticking out a bit and like attractive but weird like there was just something and then the dudes had these big strong jaw lines they all they all looked like beefed up like mel gibson types yeah and where they have like these kind of square heads and these strong jaws and like muscular because i'm i'm referring to a lot of those like what if what if this was an 80s fantasy movie and it's like the men always looked the same mm-hmm. there's always this like same guy and i think i think the ai just has an idea of like 80s man yeah 80s man this is a fucking square head with a strong jaw and like <laughs> big thick sideburns and like this sort of 70s kind of whatever anyway the- <laughs> that's where i wish i could just talk to it outright and just be like hey the guy is looking the same every time I'm reloading this. Can you just go with a totally different base here, please? Like, you know, I, I can't wait till it gets to that point. That's why I love ChatGPT, especially since the fucking YouTube search is so shitty now. I love that when I message ChatGPT, I ask questions in my own language. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to find keywords. Yeah. It's been so useful. If you type that shit into Google, you get nothing. You, sometimes, like, you're having a problem technically, and you, you're on, like, nerd forums for, like, two hours before you even know the right word to describe the thing you're trying to solve or the problem you have. And like ChatGPT just cuts that time out like that. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. You know what? There's a program. I think it's a Chrome extension. It's called AIRM, but it basically has thousands of pre-taught ChatGPT models 
So if you want to use your language with Midjourney, you just go to the correct ChatGPT square. It would say like for Midjourney or for art creation. You click on that and then you just type like what you're thinking. And then it just better defines those parameters for Midjourney. And it's it's a really cool plugin. If I can remember the exact correct name, I'll, I'll send it to you. But it's, it's really fantastic for ChatGPT. I tell you what I'm waiting for, the thing that's going to excite me the most, is video games. Yes. Because I am so particular, and I've been waiting for a proper sequel to GoldenEye for like 30 years, and I always wanted to make it, but every time I try, like in the past few years, I I get excited and be like, you know what, I'm going to try and learn Unreal Engine. Yeah. And then after like two seconds, I'm like, fuck me, this is so complicated. (laughs) Like, I just... I don't have a brain for code and like every time I try and do something with a program they're like you don't even need to use code it's all drag and drop then you go on YouTube and the tutorial is like anyway you're going to want to use code I know they say it's drag and drop but it's really better to learn C++ I'm like fuck you like I don't have a brain for code and so (laughs) the day I can go into chat GPT and just be like listen I want GoldenEye I want it to fucking play properly with a fucking PlayStation controller I want these characters to look like this and i want fucking four player split screen and i want bots and i want them customizable all this shit and then i'm just gonna say that sentence and the computer's gonna give me the game yeah that is what i am fucking waiting for (laughs) is that oh it's it's coming i mean even like unity when they they introduced their 2d model where you can make these great like pixel art games I was so like, okay, I'm going to just download Unity. I'm going to jump in there, watch some YouTube videos, and I'm going to be making my own pixel art games. And I, I sat down for one second. I was like, all right, trying to follow this thing. Like the icon they told me to click wasn't even there on my screen. And I was yeah. just like, <laughs> it took me like an hour to realize this isn't happening. Yeah. I'm walking away. So I'm waiting for that moment too, because I, I have so many ideas I'd love to implement into video games oh for sure man like and that always happens it's it's the same thing every time okay i'm gonna finally get started first tutorial literally step one it's just like all right so open the fucking polygon menu i'm like <laughs> the what <laughs> yeah i'm looking at the youtube screen I'm like he's pointing to the top menu bar but i don't have that menu bar and then i'm like fuck this yeah <laughs> like we're done <laughs> True story. That's exactly what happened to me. I was like, all right. I see now why they pay the professionals. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, this is why video games take eight years to make with a team of 400 people. Ah, yeah. I see. Or like when one guy makes a game, it's like 10 years of his fucking life and you watch a documentary and it's like, anyway, my marriage fell apart and uh, I was building this in a fucking garage and I had had three hours of sleep for the whole year. And like, oh. Yeah. And and then the game you made is like some Super Mario clone. Like, okay. Exactly. It's like a smash hit and then you get the news article. Slimy Bird's creator took his game off the store. When asked why, he just said he wanted his life back. I'm like, what? (laughs) What happened when you released that thing? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's fucking wild, dude. Uh, But listen, we should probably wrap up. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk about? It's worth mentioning. I'm working on a new track right now and a video for it as well. And it's myself Pensacola Mist and Andy James from Five Finger Death Punch plays a pretty sweet guitar solo on it so it's a cool song I uh, can't say much more than that but it's in the works and I'll be releasing that hopefully around Halloween so something cool spooky and retro for people to listen to and watch nice yeah other than that the full length is in development as well for the next All the Damn Vampires full length so I'm stoked to get new music out and I'm working on it but I'm just having to fight with 
the schedule of traveling and all these shows. So it, it'll come, but I'm doing my best in the meantime. <laughs> nice. Well, that's exciting news for all the all the damn vampires fans. There's new music on the way, but Davy's got to play Baldur's Gate. <laughs> he's got to play Remnant Two and Starfield, and now he's got to play Mortal Kombat. He's gonna have no time. That's right. To make this music, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'll have ChatGPT do it for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get a wild song. It's going to be boop, beep, beep, boop, boop. <laughs> All right, man. It was nice meeting you and nice to chat with you. You too. This was awesome, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I hope you have a lovely day, and maybe I'll I'll touch base with you when I fucking beat this story mode. I almost feel like tonight I might just stay up all night, and my kids can walk to school. How about that? Yeah, just like the old days in yeah. the snow. For miles. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, have a great night. And I'll, I'll be on MK later myself, so we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> All right. Well, take care, dude. You too. Thanks again for having me. And that was my conversation with all the damn vampires. Hope you enjoyed the show. I had a lot of fun chatting with him. And uh, we've been <laughs> just chatting back and forth about Mortal Kombat. So since we recorded that conversation, I did get a better costume for Scorpion. But it's still not great. It's like this weird, like, alien samurai armor. It's strange. And uh, there was another costume where his head is on fire. But still not the classic ninja suit that I want. But you know, it's coming. And they're probably going to charge me 20 bucks. And I'm going to be like... Like, fuck you, is what I'm going to say to them. If you enjoy the program, consider supporting it on uh, Patreon or PayPal. It helps us out. It helps me out, damn it. And that's all I got to say. So uh, tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Beyond Synth Radio is produced by Andy Last. Check the show notes for more information on the musicians featured on the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by listeners like you. Consider supporting Beyond Synth at patreon.com slash beyondsynth. Thanks for listening. <laughs>